Okay, you guys, here we go. She Runs Ultras episode number 137. Now, this episode is for you if you have a love-hate relationship with Zone 2. I've been talking about Zone 2 a lot over on social media and in the Run Your First 50K group, and a lot of good questions have come up. Things like, how do I calculate my max heart rate? Why is my zone two range so low? Why the fuck is it so hard to stay in zone two? Why am I walking all the time in order to stay in zone two? Is that okay? Is there something wrong with me? And of course, the 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 king or queen of all zone two statements, I just hate, I just fucking hate zone two. Sorry, I came in a little hot with those. I probably should have told you that there was going to be a few swears here. So my apologies if you were listening to this out in the open and if your kids or whoever else heard that, but that's how I roll. So zone two, I figured maybe you guys could use a little zone two pep talk because most of you guys think or at least this is my perception of what most of you guys think, that zone two is, it solely exists to beat you down. (laughs) And that is not the case, okay? I want to make that very, very clear. It doesn't exist to beat you down or make you feel terrible about your running. Although it might feel that way, I promise you can learn to love more than hate zone two, all right? But when you go out on a run, Often, we're just trying to get it over and done with so that we can move on with the rest of our day. I am also guilty of this. And I think this is part of why zone two feels so difficult because we're like, I have to go how slow? (laughs) It's going to take me how long to complete four miles? This is just batshit crazy. But when we operate in that way, just trying to get it over and done with, it means that we often run too hard or too fast. And rarely do we do any walking or slow running on purpose. And therefore, we never really develop our cardio engine. So the concept of zone two exists to help you understand how not to do too much what I would classify as high, hard, and fast, and how to do more low and slow, okay? Now, I also just want to, like, give you permission not to get up, not to get too caught up in the numbers. And don't get angry or pissed off or frustrated with it. It's literally a principle. (laughs) It's a training principle, but it occupies so much of your brain. Sometimes it feels like it's a living thing. And I completely get this. Okay. So please don't think that I'm like preaching to the choir here. Like I completely understand this. So just remember that it's a principle, a training principle that we can use to our advantage and that it's a skill. And if you've never done it before, if this is your first foray into zone two, it's going to take some time to master. And the only way that you do that is with practice. Okay. So you have to literally do the thing that you don't want to do to get the thing that you want via the thing that is so uncomfortable and painful, quote unquote, for you to do. Okay. (laughs) Which I totally get makes absolutely no sense, but I promise you'll see results from it. All right. The more you do, the better you get at it. It's a skill. I also want you to know that zone two isn't the be all end all of run training. Yes, I talk about it a lot. Yes, I think it's really important, but it's not the only aspect of run training that needs your attention. It's one small component of the bigger picture. All right. 
What I have observed in the running world is that people either do zone two or they don't, which is okay, but there's a real strong love-hate relationship that typically accompanies it. And I totally get that. And so I want to offer you a different way to think about zone two that might take the pressure off, make it easier to understand and easier to incorporate into your training. Okay. So it sort of requires a little bit of explanation about another concept that I think will be helpful for you. So there's zone training. All right. So if this, if you're like, I've never heard of zone training before, I want to give you like the quick and dirty version. So there's zone training, which essentially means that you're going to take your max heart rate the highest heart rate that you have registered, and you're going to multiply it by various numbers, basically like 0.5 up to 0.9 to find your zones, your ranges, right? Zone one, two, three, four, and five. Okay. There are smaller sub zones within some of those zones, specifically when you get into four and five, but I like to keep it simple and just stick to five. Okay. It's complicated enough. Like why are we overcomplicating it? Okay. When you get to past your first ultra and you really, if you, and if you want to geek out on it, okay, you can divide up into some of those sub ranges. But for now, let's just keep it to five, okay? Zone two happens to line up with multiplying your max heart rate by 0.6. That's the low end of your zone two range. And then 0.7, that's the higher end, okay? And then there's RPE training, which is rate of perceived exertion. Now, zone training is very mathematical. RPE training is much more subjective. So instead of mathematically calculating your zones, you're going to apply a number between, well, one or zero and 10 to the effort that you're doing. Some runners only train with zones. Some runners train only with RPE, I like to merge the two because I think it helps to ground your effort on a measurable scale that is a universal language, okay? What I think is a all-out 10 effort and what you think is an all-out 10 effort, they might be in the same ballpark, but we're not in the same section, right? So, having zones and understanding RPE helps to narrow things down for us. Okay. And then the other thing that happens is with RPE, people tend to get lax in their designation of the numbers, and then they drift too high or too low. And then they actually end up in zone three, which is what they were trying to avoid in the first place (laughs) by not doing zones and doing RPE training instead, hopefully this is making sense to you guys, but what we're trying to do is merge these two things together. Okay. So if you've never done any RPE training before, I would encourage you to try it out on your runs for the next week. So just to recap, zero equals sitting on the couch or laying in bed and literally doing nothing. 10 is an all out sprint effort that you can only sustain for a very short period of time. Zone two should equate to roughly a two to four on your scale. All right. So give that a try. Make a note, you know, maybe start a new note on your phone, like keep it in your journal, add it to your training peaks, however you keep track of your training. 
write it on your calendar, just write a number, right? Start to keep track of what these different efforts feel like, okay? So that you can start to merge the numbers that you're seeing on your watch with how it's going to feel. Zone two isn't the be all end all, but it's a valuable tool that will ensure that you're spending enough time doing the low and slow type of training and not too much of the high, hard and fast. All right. So for the next week, assign numbers to the efforts that you do. And I would do the spectrum, warm up, easy jog, conversational pace. If you're going to run a hill workout or a tempo, something, even try a full sprint and see Obviously, you're going to give your full sprint a 10, but we want to get familiar with your different speeds. If you only go out and run your comfortable pace, you won't develop everything from a speed walk to an all out sprint. And even if you are going to run 50K and you know the pace and the effort that you want to run at, it's still beneficial to be able to move your legs slower or faster. Okay. All right, so just to recap, zone two isn't the be all end all, but it's a valuable tool that's gonna help make sure that you're doing enough low and slow, not too much zone three, and that you really are doing high, hard, and fast when it's called for and not all the time, and therefore potentially overtraining, burning yourself out, uh, and just staying at that plateau because you're not creating any sort of differentiation, okay? So for the next week's worth of runs, assign numbers to the efforts that you do. Now, whether you actually write this down or you just make a mental note, I mean, I would prefer that you write it down because if you're anything like me, I'll, I will forget by the time I get back from my run. But assign a number to your warm-up, your jog, your conversational pace, the thing that you think is zone two a tempo pace, a hill workout, and a full out sprint, okay? And really imprint that into your brain so that you get the feel for each one and you can recognize without looking at your watch when you're in the zone, primarily zone two, and when you are out of it, all right? And then go back and look at the data from your runs and see how much actual time you spent in zone two versus the other zones. They might line up, they might not, <laughs> okay? It's an interesting little exercise that I've been doing with a lot of uh, a lot of my clients. Run your first 50K, one-on-one clients. And I'm actually gonna do a workshop on how to set up and use training peaks next Thursday, the 23rd of February. Um, how to set up zones, how to review your workouts. Um, and that's going to be, we'll, we'll do that all in the context of this workshop. We're, I'm basically going to give you an overview on training peaks because I think it's a piece of software, an app that can be very helpful for you as a runner. Okay. And this is open to anyone. You don't have to be familiar with training peaks yet. You don't even have to have used it or even know about it. But if you're sort of searching for a way to keep track of your training more than just starting and stopping your watch and then sending it like, I don't know, you know, into your Garmin Connect account or your Coros account or Strava, um, training piece is a real piece of software that you can actually use to look at and figure out what's working and what's not. Okay. 
I'm going to show you how to set up your free account, sync it with your watch so that you can keep track of your training in a meaningful way and then analyze it to see if you're on the right track or to see if you need to make some changes. I'm going to include the link to sign up for that in the show notes, but if you can't find it for whatever reason, just email me and I'll send you the link. Just to review, my email address is Megan, M-E-G-H-A-N, at Megan-Gould, G-O-U-L-D.com. And uh, just put it in the subject line, like Training Peaks Workshop, and I will send you the link, okay? Uh, if you can't be there live, I am going to send the replay because lots of people are super interested in this, but 6 p.m. on a Thursday Eastern time doesn't work for everybody. I totally get that, which is why the replay is going to be made available. And the other news that I want to tell you about is that the next round of Run Your First 50K starts on Monday, March 27th. And applications are open now. Uh, They're rolling in. I'm super excited. It looks like we're going to have an amazing group. If you are interested, go to runyourfirst50k.com and you'll see the apply button up there. And this is my small group coaching program for women in which I coach you through everything you need to know to successfully complete your first 50K. Now, one caveat, ideally... If you're applying to this round, you have 20 weeks from March 27th to your race. So that would make your race day somewhere around the beginning of August, okay? If you have less than that, we can work with it, but I really like to get people a full 20 weeks ahead of time in order to get them on the right track and all squared away so that you can do it right. Okay. If you have questions about this, definitely hit me up via email and I will walk you through the process. All right, you guys, that's all for this episode. Hope it was helpful. Enjoy this beat, not a zone two beat down <laughs> and I'll see you all soon.